If you're a business professional and your customers tell you what they want, how do you determine what they really, really want, even if you're not a Spice Girl? Today's guest is a building industry professional who harnesses the power of visualization. Here we go. Welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and vision board mastery creator, Steve Gamlin. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, my friend, Steve Gamlin here. Welcome to another episode of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. Here's something I love to do. I love to find cool people, and I love to be referred to cool people by other cool people, and that's the situation we are in today. Today, we're talking to my new friend, Nate, and he was referred to me by another connector of a person named Sajel, who's also been a guest here on the radio show. Nate is in the building industry, the remodeling industry, and he's also a self-described Super connector, and it's great to have you here on the show, Nate. Thank you so much for being part of Motivational Firewood. No, thank you so much for having me on. I always like chatting with people about motivational stuff and, and cool stories and amazing conversations. Yeah, and you and I had a conversation. I, I have a pre-conversation with everybody these days before they're on the show, mm-hmm. and I've got a background uh, in a much smaller scale in the remodeling industry, and we were talking about visualization and how hard it can be sometimes to describe to people and to help them understand what their home, their office, their building, their structure is going to look like when you're done. And and I think that's a gift that you have because we were talking about a couple of different situations. What do you think is the toughest thing to understand for people out there who, who may say, well, I don't know how to visualize or I don't know how to picture things in the future. Mm -hmm. How how do you work with people like that? Well, it's, it starts this way. So, a lot of times, and let's kind of use your, your remodeling of your kitchen example, because a lot of times people want to go and they say, hey, I, I just don't like the way my kitchen works. I don't like the way my house is flowing. And there's, there's something that needs to be done, but I'm not sure. Let's just say the average person has very limited knowledge of construction experience. They've maybe watched some remodel shows. So they kind of get some stuff, but they really don't know how they do it, how they want to do it. And they, they, they might say stuff like, well, I want... Um, uh, a countertop that looks like this, or I want this type of faucet, or I want this type of stuff. And, and they're, they're calling out things, items, uh, outcomes, not, no, not outcomes, but just, just physical uh, objects, you know? And so you go, okay, well, think about this. If you're really truly going to be happy with your remodel, is it going to be because you're going to uh, have this really cool faucet or this really cool paint color? That's going to impact it, but it's not going to be the end all because if the whole flow, the whole layout of the kitchen is wrong and you got that nice paint color on the, on the walls, you're not going to like it. Visualization is the same way. So it starts with this. You look at that kitchen and you think to yourself, how do I want to live in here? What is going to happen? What are the memories I want to create? Am I having my family over? Are we gathered around the countertop? Are we eating uh, tapas and drinking wine and cooking in the kitchen and there's music playing and laughing? Is it a formal dining room and we're serving people and we're having you know Thanksgiving dinner all dressed up? Or is it sitting outside in the barbecue and we're an outdoor family. So, so when you start thinking about like, hey, how, how do I live? That's like your values. That's how you operate. That's where you're going to find your true happiness. How, what are the memories I want to create? So you start creating those in your mind and you start visualizing, what does that room look like? How does it operate? How does it flow? And so when you start thinking about those things, whether it's your kitchen remodel or your life that you want to live in, in out there in whatever realm it might be, 
you start visualizing, oh, this is how the experience is created. Now I'm starting to see the things that need to be in place in a certain dynamic to ease the flow of that experience I want to do. So if I'm visualizing, I want this really great kitchen where everybody can hang out and um, eat tapas, cook and drink wine, have conversations and music. Is it really going to work if it's a small kitchen with four walls and lots of cabinets and really tight and narrow? No, you, you need it to be open. You need two walls of cabinets. You need a big center island. You need a big open area. You need a, a place where you can put the speakers. You're going to need a refrigerator. You're going to need um, a space for your wine bar. And you start going, okay, that's a different visualization of a closed kitchen. So you can start seeing like, hey, do I have the bones? already in place to make that a visual uh, to make the visualization occur or do I need to do some major surgery on the on the structure same thing with your life do you have the bones in place or not and you start working on the bones and everything falls into place and things are going to change things are going to pivot just like construction there's there's always unknown obstacles there's unknown challenges you discover it and you move on and sometimes the things you thought you wanted don't work out like yeah hey this is a, you, you've done this a million times you go to the home depot you pick out your favorite color paint you're like this is the one this is the one i love put it on the wall at home that nice shade of gray is this weird off pink like how did that happen because of the lighting it just doesn't work in your in your your space so sometimes the things you think you want in life don't work out but if your vision is the experience you're going to be able to quickly like hey hey it's not the end of the world we'll just go pick another paint color that does give me that look in the lighting i have so that's kind of my little take on it yeah yeah and i wish more people in more professions went at it that way. It, you know, it's not stuff. It's not that paint chip. And I love how you say it. it's not that faucet that's going to bring you happiness and joy in your kitchen. It's do you entertain a lot of people? And, and I love that you said speakers as well, because I got my my smartphone up on the windowsill every night while I'm washing dishes, playing music. And, I was, and I'm always saying, I wish there were speakers in this kitchen. And maybe <laughs> there will be someday soon, because that's such a big part of what I do. And what you're saying reminded me of when I used to work with my dad. Now, my dad has been gone for a couple of years, but he was a carpenter for almost 30 years. And when we used to do remodeling together, we built a lot of decks and he would be exactly the same. People would say, I want this big, you know, deck, two levels, this, this, this. And my dad would say, what are you going to do with the deck? And most often people would say, oh, we have big parties. We have big barbecues and all this. Sometimes people said, we just want a little place for us to just sit in the sun in our chairs. But they would want this huge deck that took away from possibilities of every other part of the yard. So he would kind of ask questions about what their outcomes would be, what they were going to do with this part of their property. And they'd say, but we want to know what it's going to look like. My dad would go into his lunchbox, pull out a Sharpie and a paper plate and draw it. He goes, there's your deck. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> and he was so much more interested in how they were going to plug themselves into it versus just mm -hmm. the structure. Well, and, uh, it's so true because you might look at like an architectural magazine. You go, "That's a really cool bi-level deck," and then you start thinking about it to yourself. You go, "Are you going to use it?" Like, well, I'd use probably the upper deck all the time, and and maybe like once a year we might use the secondary deck. You go, "Okay, think about how you're going to live in it. Does it look good on paper? Sure. Does it look cool? Is it prestige? Maybe that's what you're going for. But if you really are thinking about the experience you want to have." And, and optimize it. What are you doing out there? You're sitting on the barbecue. You're looking at the beautiful landscape. You're watching the sunset. You go, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you had that space for trees or a patio or a place for the kids to play soccer and run around? It's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, hmm, I don't need that. I just need what I do need. And it's, you're going to be so much more happier with the result. Yeah.
Yeah. And what, what do you think as part of your background led you to be this way with it versus, I mean, some people are just very mechanical. They say, I want this, they build this. You know, what, what part of you or what part of your background led you to, to kind of seeing it this way and helping other people to see it before you, you basically build something with them, for them, working with your other contractors, uh, et cetera? And, and what's the importance of surrounding yourself with contractors who also kind of work this way mm-hmm. to deliver the best thing possible for people to plug into? I don't know if I could pinpoint um, when it ever happened, but when I was, when I was in junior high, I was really good at drafting. Like I could, like if, if somebody like you, you, this was back in the day where you do it by hand and you had to T square and you had to triangle. And I just loved doing that. And I was like really good and really quick at like just taking an object and being like, okay, I know how to recreate that on a piece of paper. Like I was very good at taking an object and rearranging it. And I, I don't know, proportions and stuff like that. But I never paid any much mind. But then I was like, hey, I'm good at drafting. I'm going to go into architecture school. First class in architecture school, they talk about the artistry of it and the open space and this and this. And I was like, I don't have it in me to be an artist. I just, this isn't me. So like I, I, I abandoned it and I went into construction management, but I was still always able to really quickly visualize how parts and pieces assembled together. Like I could watch something, like if somebody showed me how to do something once, I knew how to, to, to put it together. Like maybe not me physically. Like I'm like one of those people that can kind of put stuff together, but I usually get it about just close enough that it's very frustrating. It's not perfect, but I could, I could explain to people like, Hey, this is how we, we, we put it together. And a long time ago I was having uh, I used to have a landscape business. So I was doing this project for this lady and I was spotting plants and just kind of looking like, Hey, this kind of feels like it would go here. This would go here. And she's like, she was a student, she was a teacher in elementary school. And she's like, Oh, it's so cool to like watch you do this because you have this very spatial learning style. And I love like looking at people in my classes and figuring out how they like to learn, whether it's, visually or audio or or they like to read and follow directions or like and I was like oh that kind of um what it was but I think I've just taken some of those skills that I've been born with or or easily came to me and I've applied them to other areas of my life when I started thinking about how I wanted to experience life it didn't come overnight exactly and say this is how you visualize I I learned about law of attraction first time i ever heard about it was the, the movie the secret and i was like mm-hmm. holy crap let's make a vision board and what do you put on the vision board you put the things you think you want you want this nice car you want this nice house you want this like like um family and probably i don't know over like 10 years the stuff that i put on my board that were exact objects like i wanted this specific car or I wanted this specific house, or I wanted this specific, those things tended to not come to visualization. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But the things that did were things that were more representative of what I wanted. Like at the time, I wasn't married, I didn't have kids. So I'd put like, hey, I want to have a family with kids. And I would put that like it represented this idea of it. And I, but, you know, I didn't say like, well, how could I, you know, write down this exact person I want to meet, my kids going to look like this, because we don't know. So those things tended to happen and they happened in the way that they were supposed to because I was visualizing the experience but the things that I were wanting like physically like I remember I put on a Lexus IS350 and when it came time to go buy a new car I was just 
like I could have gotten an IS350, but I was like, this thing costs like, you know, $20,000 more than this other really, really good car, uh, an Acura. And um, it, it gets, this, it meets the same stuff. And it just, I, to me, the value of that extra thing for the car just wasn't there. And so I thought to myself, it's, it's not because I didn't want to, it's just because I wasn't in alignment with the object and what it meant to me with the experience. Now, if think about how I was going to use the car for me, I was probably going to just commute, drive to the grocery store, do like car, just normal everyday things. And I, and, and if I had this car, it was just strictly to be look cool driving around in this car that I thought I was really wanted. Now, if I was like, Hey, I love driving fast. I love the way cars handle. And I'm just a total like geeked out car dude. That would have been a different story. It would have been an experience that I was looking for attached to the vehicle of choice. And so because I didn't have that experience attached to the car, I didn't really care that much whether I got it or not. So a lot of those, how would you say it? Like the the object wasn't tied to an experience. Those things were either discarded as important to, to pursue or they were consciously decided like, hey, let's, I don't even care. Like I, I could do that if I wanted, but I don't want it. And the things that I was experienced oriented, the objects eventually got attached to it and they became true. Yeah. It's almost like you're tapping into the feeling of it. It's, it's not like looking at something flashy. You're just, you can close your eyes and say, well, okay, I want a, a commute. I want to, to get somewhere safely. Uh, if it had the same safety specs, um, you can kind of, you can still go fast in an Acura. I know some people who yeah. have Acuras, uh, but yeah, it's not just the thing. And there's, you and I actually started the same exact way. The secret right around for me was 2003 mm-hmm. uh, when my, my then brand new life coach suggested I watch it. And two thirds of the way through this, this guy named John Asaraf, we talked about vision boards. Now for th- yeah. three minutes out of a 90 minute DVD, I was just fascinated and captivated and I made not one but two vision boards right away and they were both absolute crap because <laughs> it was just <laughs> stuff there was no emotion at all I I still have them because I wanted to use them as a teaching tool but basically all I did was you know write a letter dear Santa Claus and it was just stuff because it was all what all the gurus said we should want you know, I was coming from nothing at the time. So I wanted a fancy watch. I wanted, you know, a car. I wanted all this stuff. The only thing that I actually did do was build a recording studio because I was launching my speaking career at the time. And it wasn't that it didn't even look anything like the one in the picture, but it was everything I wanted to do and create. Mm. And that was the one that unlocked it and made me realize it's not stuff. It's the emotion, the connection, the experiential part of it. And I I love that you put, you wanted to start a family. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I had uh, a couple one time came to a vision board event together and they, they sat a few feet apart because she didn't want him to see what was on the board. Well, she put on the board without telling him she wanted to have a child, start Mm -hmm. a family that year. And three months later, I got an email from her. We're expecting. And it was just, and then she showed it to him and and Mm -hmm. said, you know, it's Steve's fault that we're having a (laughs) child now. Um, but yeah, just plugging into experiences like that. And then when you, when other people, I love how you explain how that teacher was watching you. You know, it's not what you do, it's how you do it that attracts people to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're having this conversation right now because of that. Because someone else said, hey, I know how Steve is. Yeah. I know how Nate is. They got to talk. 
so so what do you think moving forward especially with everything going on in the world right now at the time of this broadcast we're still in the midst of the pandemic uh numbers are still rising you know restrictions are coming back and forth a lot of people are very on edge and freaking out and some people have just hunkered in the bunker waiting for it to pass what advice would you give to the people going through things right now about still seeing on the horizon what they really want not just being reactive but proactive I would say first and foremost is you you have to have a long-term vision in mind because this this is probably the the craziest year in my life and I'm sure it's the craziest year in a lot of people's lives they've ever experienced but I'm sure there's other people that have experienced way crazier lives in a year and this is just hey I went through something else that y'all can't believe this is just not that big a deal to kind of pound through so if you kind of go through that mindset of like hey it's something that's occurring but there's it's not the end of the world yet um and even if it was would you would that stop you would if you if they told you like hey this is going to destroy the world in like six months you'd probably start doing the things you wanted to do um really damn quick so you start looking at like hey it's a long term this is something that is it's challenging right now but it will pass might not pass this year might not pass for you know who knows what it's going to happen but there will be some sort of adaption that's going to occur and and i'm going to talk about it in a very specific things prior to covid no i'm not gonna say nobody but the mass adoption of zoom calls and go to meetings and being able to connect with people across the world was very very low i think probably people in the podcasting world maybe some tech people were kind of used to that but in my industry nobody got on a zoom call it was always an in-person meeting and if you did get on a zoom call nobody videoed in they just called in and it was really kind of like for screen sharing if somebody called me on facetime and i wasn't expecting it it was a decline like it, it just wasn't like and then all of a sudden everybody's like highly adapted and using it and you go hmm if this is going to be white, like they talk about tipping points of mass adoption of technology. And this is kind of like one of those things. And so you start looking at yourself and you say, Hey, my business or my life has been impacted because it was dealt on uh, walk in traffic or human to human interaction. How can I apply those same principles to another method? And that's really what you have to look at is no matter what life's going to throw you obstacles and you're, you have an action. You're either, acting or reacting or taking no action and no action is also an action you're taking an action in a different direction so you have to kind of start looking at like what could i do that's going to bring me closer to this vision and and it might be you might be sitting there thinking like hey i want to uh create a life that gives me more time with my family and more time to travel and more time to do this this and this you say well right now you can't travel right of course but it's not going to be that way forever and maybe just maybe that job you had or that business you had really wasn't the right vehicle to get you to that dream. And now you have an opportunity to learn another way of doing it and take another path in life. Maybe it's immediate. Maybe it's just kind of like starting something that builds up and does something. I mean, me personally, I got two and a half hours of my day back because I didn't have to commute an hour there, an hour and a half home. Like that is huge. What is that times five days a week that's uh almost 15 hours a week like what could you do with 15 extra hours a week to pursue some other endeavor that's really important to you that's going to bring you the life you want so there's a lot of hardship to go here you could hunker down and wait for the storm to pass 
Um, but there's a lot of people out there that are probably competing with you for that same lifestyle and they're making moves to take you down the, to take themselves closer to it. So when voila, it all goes back to normal, it ain't going to be the way it was before. And if you were expecting it and then you go, hope oh, it's not going back the way it was. Like I got to learn all these other things that other people spent the last six months, a year learning, you're going to be playing a lot of catch up. So I'm just saying, think about your vision. Is it is what you're doing currently taking you closer or further away from it? Because either way, you're moving either going forward, going backwards, or staying the same. There's there's no other way where to go. So if you're not moving towards that vision, then you're moving away from it. And so just start putting yourself into positions to be aware of opportunities that are going to take you closer to what you're what you're really after. Yeah. And of course, one of your skills being a super connector right now is the most important time ever to be connected with people who are making things happen, people who inspire you, people who can maybe teach you something or do something in conjunction with you that is maybe not part of your skill set. Or why sit there and relearn this whole new thing when you can just partner up with somebody and you can I both just, advance together? I was just having this uh, amazing thought right now. Um, think about all the times that you go, hey, I wish I could do something, but. And the, the but is, oh, I want to self-improve myself, but my family doesn't support me. Not maybe your immediate family, but the, like your friends and family are just kind of like negative Nancy's about it. And they always talk you out of like, why are you chasing that? You can't even see them right now. So now is the chance you have complete control to connect with people who are going to say, oh my God, that is an amazing goal and dream and vision. Like you should chase that. And let me help you push you in the right direction, introduce you to other people that are pushing you in that path too. So like all those naysayers, like you have, like, you don't have to have that, like, oh, I'm going to this party and all these people that are going to blow up my dreams and hopes are going to be there. And, and how do I avoid them? Like, there's never been a better time right now to not have to deal with the people you don't want in your life. Yeah, exactly. And as we wrap up, Nate, because I do want to respect your time, how can people reach out to you and maybe have a conversation or listen to your show as well? So please give the address for your show because uh, you're out there doing the same thing I'm doing. You're just trying <laughs> to share this goodness with as many people as possible. So please let people know how they can get a hold of you. For sure. Appreciate it. So uh, uh, com is my website. From there, you can find the podcast. You can find my social media links. You can see some other things I'm up to. Um, I'm really here to connect and uh, help as many people as I possibly can. So the DMs are always open. Feel free to reach in, say, hi, what's up? Let me know you heard me with uh, on Steve's show. And we'll just talk, see where it goes. And, and hopefully uh, develops into a fruitful relationship for, for the both of us. Awesome. I appreciate your time, Nate. And thank you so much for being a part of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can create a more vivid, focused future with the Vision Board Mastery Program, or to invite Steve to be part of your next event, please visit motivationalfirewood.com.